This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, and this is the Ageless and Awesome podcast. I'm an age-defying naturopath and clinical nutritionist, and I'm here to bust myths around women's health and aging so that you can be ageless and awesome in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. The Ageless and Awesome podcast is dedicated to helping women through perimenopause and menopause with great health, a positive mindset, and outrageous confidence. Hit subscribe or follow now, and let's get started. Hello, gorgeous one, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We're in kind of my second last week before I'm having a two-week break. And man, I think like many of you out there, I cannot wait to get to the end of the next two weeks. So just up front, I wanted to let you know that if you are interested in uh, the Globe Protocol program, I am still doing pre-screening calls this week and next week. Uh, if you're really quick and you got in to see me this week, there's a possibility I could get you started so you're ready for the first week of January. So I'd get you set up before I go on my break. Otherwise, if you want to get set up for, you know, early January, early to mid-January or even February, I reckon right now is the time to book in your pre-screening call. I'm already getting bookings for January for those. So please, if you're thinking maybe, maybe it's a possibility then please just book in. I love to chat. So yeah, I would love to hear from you. Anywho, today we're going into week three of brain fog. I've really loved talking about this topic and I find mainly because it is such a big issue for women and an issue that really there isn't a lot talked about and people just feel like they're going a little bit, I don't know, I don't want to use the word senile, but you know what I mean, like they're just getting older. 
I guess, and that this is normal. But let me tell you, yes, it is a part of the perimenopausal transition, but we can totally support it. So if you are just tuning into this particular episode of the Brain Fog series, go back to the first one, which will be um, two weeks ago, and check out the series. So uh, yeah, I think that then today will make a lot more sense because I'm not going into those basics that I've already spoken about a couple of weeks ago. And today, what I really want to talk about is the impact of insomnia, which, you know, for many of us in our 40s and 50s and beyond, it's a real thing. It's a problem. I've spoken openly about my own battles with insomnia, and I'm happy to say I am absolutely on top of it now. And yeah, it has made a huge difference to my brain fog. So I am really um, going to be loving talking about this today because it's a lot of it is my own experience. But just to, I guess, give a top line little definition of what brain fog actually is, essentially it is a bunch of symptoms. It's not actually a medical condition as such. It is a bunch of symptoms and it's characterized by things like being forgetful. So walking into a room, forgetting what you walked in there from. And I mean, we've all done that over our lifetimes, but this is like really way more consistent. Perhaps even like you're having a conversation with someone and you just can't remember a word or you can't remember someone's name, someone you know really well. Uh, Perhaps there can be a lack of focus and concentration, a lack of mental clarity. And, you know, I'll never forget one of my clients in the early days of me doing this program. And it's one of the reasons I really started to put the GLOW protocol together was because of this conversation with one of my clients where she'd said to me, I mean, it was, we were in week two, I think of her program and her energy had gone right up, which was fantastic. And her sleep had improved. But then she also said to me that her ability to make connections with things when she was working through problems at work because in her job she's a problem solver and she said when she she was able to draw connections between these issues at work that were really helping her to solve the problem and she never realized that this was actually something that could be fixed she didn't realize this was part of this brain fog that had lifted so I found that really amazing. And that was one of the the things that really got me started down the rabbit hole of working out, well, why was this happening? You know, because I thought I was just running a weight loss program at the time, but it was all of the other things that I was bringing in that were really supporting brain health and improving brain fog. And of course, so that was the generic definition of brain fog, but we know in perimenopause, that there is a massive hormonal influence of estrogen primarily, but also our other hormones. But estrogen, because it decreases inflammation and it regulates our circadian rhythm, it boosts serotonin, all of these great things in our brain, but it also helps our brain cells use glucose for energy. And we can get up to a 25% drop in energy and activity of the brain 
in our perimenopausal transition. And it's even greater if you've experienced a surgical menopause where your uterus and ovaries or just your ovaries have been removed. So we know there are things we can do to support that, but I wanted to talk today specifically about the role of sleep and its impact on brain fog. And it's incredible to me the profound impacts of sleep it, it's on brain fog because it's actually a number of different things, not just the sleep itself. It's a whole bunch of the different processes that go on in the body when we don't sleep well. And given we're already battling this insomnia in perimenopause it, and menopause, it just makes it even more imperative to get the sleep under control. And I was reading some interesting statistics, <laughs> statistics um, and one of them was one in three adults in the United States aren't getting enough sleep. And often when we're looking at data in the United States, it's pretty similar here in Australia. Um, so one in three one in three aren't getting enough sleep. That's massive. Um, and when they're defining that, it's getting less than seven or more hours of sleep per night. And we all know, I mean, we've all been sleep deprived at other times in our lives. We know how tough it can be when you are sleep deprived. I remember when I was a nurse and I used to work night shift, those we used to do seven nights in a row. And, and that week I was just a write-off. I couldn't do anything. So, you know, and I'm sure we've all, you know, if you've had babies, uh, if you've had uh, been a shift worker yourself or just had a big night where you haven't slept well, you know how debilitating it can be the very next morning. Um, and of course, the most common side effect, <laughs> oh, well, not side effect, the most common effect of too little sleep is sleepiness, being tired, and that, that's going to impact your concentration and your focus and, and all of those things. But also this brain fog, this, this inability to think straight or remember things. And there was a study in around 2018, I think it was, said according to uh, researchers, the sleep deprivation actually disrupts our brain cells' ability to communicate with each other. So it impacts the brain cells' ability to communicate with other brain cells. And that led to temporary mental lapses that affect memory and visual perception. Now, this particular study was done on adults who had been sleep deprived and they had epilepsy. And they did like tests, like cognitive functioning tests and things like that, that, that measured all of these things. So it was pretty cool because it showed that this lack of sleep interfered with the neurons. So the neurons are the cells in the brain to, or nerve cells to encode the inability to encode information and translate visual input into conscious thought. So it was actually really, really specific. And when you think about how many of us women in our 40s and 50s are really dealing with sleep deprivation along with potentially stressful jobs, teenage kids, or even young kids, um, you can see how this can be a massive problem because seven hours a night for many of us is luxury. <laughs> and so, you know, there is a really um, important aspect to this, which is its impact on our body. And one of the uh, little facts that I found really interesting about this 
is the impact on the gut of sleep deprivation. Uh, you would have heard me mention before that, you know, there's, it's not just rest that we're getting when we sleep. We are getting so many other kind of systems working at that time when we are in sleep. And a lot of them are about detoxifying, like we have the glymphatic system, which helps to detoxify the brain. We make a lot of hormones when we sleep. We also have a lot going on in our gut. And interestingly, when we aren't sleeping, if we have insomnia, it means that our gut isn't actually doing any healing overnight. As you can imagine, when we're having this long period of fasting overnight between dinner and breakfast, there's healing going on because the body's not digesting. So if we're not sleeping, our gut isn't healing overnight because those processes aren't going on. Um, So we can accumulate these little pockets of inflammation throughout our intestines. And because of our gut-brain connection, this impacts our brain and our nervous system. So this is one of the contributing factors to brain fog when we're not getting enough sleep, as well as what I just mentioned about the um, actual things going on in the brain, which I found really, really interesting. Because when you consider this as a a, a multiple-pronged effect when you're not getting sleep, which is the gut's not getting healed, your glymphatic system's not activating, you're tired anyway, you're not making good hormones, all of the other things that are going on in the body when we're supposed to be sleeping, um, plus the stress, you know, that puts, I know for me when I was really struggling with insomnia is that being awake at night and getting so frustrated and concerned about how am I going to be functioning the next day because my job requires a lot of thinking. It's not a very physical job, um, but it requires a lot of thinking. And, you know, there'd be this stress of like, gosh, how am I going to be performing the next day when I haven't had enough sleep? And, you know, things like caffeine. There are actually some other prescription drugs that uh, people do get prescribed. I'm not sure if it happens in Australia, but certainly from what I've reading on uh, American research is there are some prescription drugs that are prescribed for people that need help uh, to get through their day when they're sleep deprived. But that's really just a band-aid. It's not really going to, to help your brain fog so much. It might help you stay awake. It might stimulate you, but it's not really going to help that brain fog. So the thing is you really need to get on top of your sleep. And that's what I wanted to really talk about today is how to do that. And particularly in the context of perimenopause and really starting to make this a priority for yourself Stay with us. We'll be right back. How would you like to have increased energy, balanced hormones, glowing skin, and your ideal weight in just three months? Sounds awesome, right? Imagine having your very own hormone balancing and weight loss strategy totally personalized to you based on your body biochemistry to release excess weight, say goodbye to pesky meriperimenopause symptoms, and decrease inflammation in your body 
which of course leads to decreased inflammaging. That's right, ladies, there are age-defying benefits as well. Oh, and of course, you have me at your fingertips for expert support so you never feel stuck or confused. I love supporting women on their weight loss journeys, and I've packaged up the award-winning Metabolic Balance Program with my signature hormone management system, giving you the GLOW Protocol. This 12-week one-to-one coaching program is you and me, nailing down your health and weight loss goals, creating your personalized plan using your blood tests, a thorough health assessment, and your food preferences. And then we get started with me supporting you every step of the way. Even if you've tried everything, even if you have resistant weight and complex medical conditions, the power of personalized nutrition, mindset coaching, and my support is transformational and gets results. And I'm not even exaggerating even if I do say myself. So if you're ready to embrace feeling like your younger self again, lose excess weight, manage health conditions, and regain your confidence, you can just DM me at Susie Garden Wellness or email me hello at susiegarden.com and I'll pop a link in the show notes. And food really counts when we're talking about this. As you know, I I work primarily with food. I'm a nutritionist and I was trained as a nutritionist first and then I did naturopathy. So my heart really does belong to uh, nutrition and food and, and using food as medicine. And I really, having had the experiences that I've had with the GLOW protocol and metabolic balance within the GLOW protocol is it's just astounding the power of having the right foods. And it's not just eating healthy foods, it's the right foods in the right portion sizes in the right combinations of, you know, macros, uh, which is your fats, carbs, and proteins. Having all of that absolutely tailored to you, your biochemistry, your body is important it does actually matter. It's not just about eating um, healthy. But having said that, if you're not, if you don't have your own personalized nutrition plan, then what are some of the more generic things that you can do? Well, protein's really important, and particularly uh, uh, one of the amino acids called tryptophan. Tryptophan is present in things like um, turkey is a good one, yogurt. Um, pumpkin seeds, things like that are more of your higher um, kind of doses of tryptophan. Uh, Also, kiwi fruit is actually really rich in tryptophan. There was a study I read, oh, it was when I was a student, and I think people were advised to have two kiwi fruit before bed, and their, their sleep was amazing, really, really improved. It's got very high levels of tryptophan in it, as do things like uh, pineapple, plums, tomatoes. There's a whole bunch of foods. If you were to Google um, uh, just foods containing 
high tryptophan, something like that, then you'll find heaps of information on this. But yeah, having uh, these types of foods can be really helpful to support sleep. Um, Also, magnesium is really important to support sleep. And again, you can Google a list of magnesium foods. There's heaps of them. Um, Or often we need to supplement about a third to a half of the population is actually magnesium deficient in Australia. It's even higher in the United States. And it's because our foods aren't as rich in magnesium as they used to be because our soils aren't as rich in magnesium as they used to be. So um, I find personally supplementing with magnesium can be really effective, but the, the type of magnesium matters. Different magnesiums have different impacts in the body. You know, if you have high doses of magnesium oxide, for example, that has a really strong laxative effect. Uh, It's not really widely absorbed, so it's not going to be necessarily super helpful for sleep. But um, magnesium glycinate is the really good one for sleep because you get not only the magnesium, but when when you... um, Uh, absorb or sorry, break down that magnesium glycinate, you'll get two molecules, which is the magnesium and the glycinate or the glycine rather. So the glycine is really calming for the brain and helps to sleep. So you're getting kind of a two for one. So magnesium glycinate is fantastic. Um, Also, if you're going to do a supplement like that, I would always get one with taurine in it as well. If you're a perimenopausal woman, because taurine is really relaxing for the nervous system and can be very helpful for sleep. So there's a couple of little supplements there. Of course, there are many, many herbs that are fantastic for sleep. Some of them do take a little bit of time to work. Um, Like valerian is probably one of the most well-known herbs for sleep, but it can take a couple of weeks to get the full effect of that. Um, But other herbs such as passionflower, uh, melissa, you'll always see magnolia. They're all beautiful. And particularly if you take them in conjunction with the magnesiums, that can be absolutely fantastic. And of course, I didn't say withania. Of course, ashwagandha and withania are the same thing just two different names. Ashwagandha is amazing for sleep as well because it just really relaxes your nervous system and helps. So there are some things like that, but also from a mind-body perspective, deep breathing. Deep breathing, super easy. You lie in bed, um, deep breathe deeply into the belly. And with every exhale, just talk yourself in. Talk yourself into feeling the body going heavy, on your bed, feeling the neck relax, releasing the jaw. And just with each exhale, just start to move through the body, feeling it go heavy. That is extremely, sounds so simple, but it's extremely effective. And I do this all of the time. And even just saying little things in your mind, such as, you know, my intention now is to go to sleep, to have a beautiful, long, restorative sleep, It's an easy and natural thing to do. I'm feeling the heaviness in my body with each exhale. That is a super easy and cheap way to talk yourself into sleep. Also having a routine, which I have talked about quite a lot before, uh, a bedtime routine, or this is often also called sleep hygiene, is doing the same things every night before you go to bed, uh, including, you know, Removing your screens. I remove my screen from about 6 p.m. Uh, I also have blue lock, blue lock, blue blockers in my 
prescription glasses. So all day when I'm on my computer, I am protected from that blue light so that it helps later in the day when I'm wanting to sleep because the blue light does interfere with your melatonin production. Also, um, things like maybe having a bath or a shower, using things like your essential oils in particular, lavender is exceptional for sleep. Um, Yeah, there's so many things you can do that will help. Reading is obviously a good one. I would not recommend watching TV, but I know I have a lot of clients with a TV in the bedroom that really love having the TV on as background noise as they're going to sleep. So yeah, that's cool. I used to, when I was in my corporate life and I'd be in hotels all of the time and there was a, you know, always there's a TV in front of the bed. I would just get sucked in to watching program after program, like something old would come on that I hadn't seen for years. I'd be like, oh, I'll just watch an ep of that. And I'd be ending up turning off the TV at like 11, 1130. And I'd be kicking myself going, why am I doing this to myself? I know this is not going to be good for me the next day. So really being mindful about that and limiting that as part of your sleep routine. There's also been a lot of talk lately about making sure that you go to bed at the same time every night and get up at the same time every day, regardless if it is the weekend or not. And this can really help with maintaining your sleep, particularly if you are struggling with your sleep during the week or if you are struggling with brain fog, then this is really important to get these little practices in place. Of course, hydration is really important. The brain really needs water loves water, but also being mindful that you're not leaving your hydration until the end of the day so that then you're getting woken to toilet. Now, sometimes that's unavoidable, uh, but ideally, I'm not saying be thirsty. If you're thirsty, thirsty, then definitely drink, but maybe not a liter at eight o'clock at night because that's going to be really tough for your body to process. So, you know, be mindful about keeping hydrated and maybe just getting that done earlier in the day rather than later in the day. My gosh, there are so many things that I could still talk about. Things like just doing maybe some mindful movement, some yoga, some meditation, of course. Um, But what I love about this is there are so many different things that you could choose and you could just choose what resonates with you, what you enjoy doing. For some people, doing exercise really helps. Now, the majority of exercise professionals will tell you that exercising at night can be a little problematic when you're struggling with sleep because when you're exercising, particularly cardiovascular type of exercise, you're getting yourself into stress response, which is what it is, and you are therefore raising your cortisol levels and that can make it very difficult to sleep if your cortisol levels are elevated. So just keep that in mind. If you're a night exerciser, um, could you, and you're struggling with sleep and brain fog, could you move your exercise to first thing in the morning. And particularly if like me, you're in Queensland and there's no daylight savings and it's broad daylight at around 4.30 in the morning, it's actually very, very easy to get up early right now (laughs) if you're in Queensland Um, and probably WA too because you don't have daylight savings. So yeah, it's something to think about if you're struggling with sleep and brain fog and you exercise at night, maybe just give it a try for a week of moving your exercise to the morning. And that might really help. 
Um, also everything that you can do to support your hormone balance. So have a look at my podcast number one on this in this little brain fog series because that talked about the hormonal aspect of this and how you can look after that. So please go and check that out. But yeah, I think I'm going to leave it here. So if you have any questions, remember, I've got Thursday Q&A. I haven't recorded it yet. So please message me either through the Spotify app or go to uh, at Susie Garden Wellness on Facebook or Instagram and you can message me. I would love to hear from you. And just that final reminder, if you're wanting to work with me in 2024 or you're really desperate to get started on something now, let me know. Hit me up, book in your pre-screening call or message me and we can have a chat and see if this is right for you. I hope you're having a great week and you're hanging in there (laughs) and I will see you on Thursday. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Ageless and Awesome podcast. If you liked today's episode, please make sure you click the little plus button if you're on Apple Podcasts or the follow button if you're on Spotify so that you can get each new episode delivered to you every single week. If you like free stuff, and who doesn't, then head over to suzygarden.com and grab my eight essential age-defying secrets every woman over 40 should know right now. Or if you'd like to continue the discussion, head over to Instagram and DM me at suzygardenwellness. I'd love to connect with you.